Hi, you're listening to 48 Minutes, and this is Tim Kittrow from NBA Jam. Ooh, boom shakalaka. You wanted to come with it, done it, we got her with punishment. Dug in the sky with that bucket, and it won't be coming with. Others in love with the front of this family, just running it. Long as the public is coming, then we keep them loving it. It's episode 14. I'm one of your hosts, Alex Derrickson, joined this week, as always, by Tim Daniel. It's so close, guys. We're a week and a half away. Actually, less than that. Less than a week. Yeah, by the time this posts, unless I've decided to hold this episode off for a week and a half. (laughs) You'll never know unless you look at a calendar. Or if you're listening to this on, like, October 18th, you're going to be like, oh my god, he did it. (laughs) And rounding out the three of us, Sean Mackey. How's it going, Alex? I'm, I'm doing well, man. How are you? You sound better. I'm yeah, you much do. better than last week. So I'm, I'm excited. You sound Good. handsome. You get, you get all the. <laughs> are you, you snotted? Yeah, yeah. Good. I'm glad. Don't do that again. Okay. <laughs> Don't ever come onto the show, snotted. I won't. Dick. All right. Because this show is 48 minutes. It does post each and every week on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. And if you like what you hear and you want to hear with your eyes, you can check our website out at 48minutesnetwork.com, where we have plenty of spectacular articles for your eyeballs as we give you more and more audio for your earballs. Speaking of more and more audio for your earballs, just getting right into the housekeeping here. Our second episode of Court Stormers is live, and this is as good a time as any to welcome Mike Canizales to the 48 Minutes Network team. Uh, he will be taking the Court Stormers mantle along with Taylor Bergfeld as they go through week by week for your NCAA news. Uh, the first couple episodes will probably be posted in the main feed that you get from, uh, from subscribing to 48 Minutes on your podcast service of choice. And then eventually that and uh, Dropping Balls will start getting their own feed, uh, and you can subscribe to them separately if you're like, man, I don't like the shows Alex is on, which is just this one, so lucky you. <laughs> uh, so we'll, we'll keep you posted as that comes, so just kind of keep your eyes peeled to, to 48 Minutes Network, and we'll let you know on the shows and everything too once the feeds break off uh, yeah. in, this, in this webbed tale. But uh, that's all I've really got for housekeeping, so please uh, keep listening and subscribe, uh, please, and rate you us guys on will iTunes. Love, you guys will love Court Stormers. Those guys did an awesome job. Uh, I, I had a lot of fun producing that show for them. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure it's a, it's a break from you to have a show that you don't have to, you know... It's weird, because like every show I've ever done, I've had, I've had a mic where I've talked. So being on the other side for once is kind of nice and, like... Mike is really fucking good, and it's really natural to him, even though college basketball is not, like, his, you know, his cup of tea. Or he likes it, but it's not his, like, passion. Sure. He makes it sound like it is, and that's what's so awesome about working with him. Yeah. Spoiler alert, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) He even mentions it on the show. Yeah, I mean... It's NCAA. It's it's a it's a good time to dive in uh, because I mean I, I've made my opinions of the NCAA as an organization pretty clear on this show in the last year. Or so 
Uh, I wouldn't have positive things to say about it, but I think amidst the allegations and of the fraud and everything that's going on, uh, it's a good time as any to, to start rolling that out, and I, I think the show's in very good hands. So I think uh, my favorite thing is about NCAA hatred, and I'm in there too, mm-hmm. is how we're all like, God, fuck that stupid thing. It's so corrupt. Come tournament time, we're like, how's your bracket? Well, because we're the ones gambling. <laughs> right. At that point. <laughs> we're, we're the Not ones. Not Adidas. Right. Right. Not not Rick Pachinko. <laughs> uh, so let's just get right into this. Uh, we posted an article, or Tim posted an article, rather, uh, earlier this week on 48MinutesNetwork.com. Our boy, trust the healing process, Joel Embiid, has got himself quite the nice contract with quite a lot of stipulations <laughs> and parameters. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, it's been funny to see, like... You can. It's one of those where like you can tell the people who haven't really read the deal or haven't read beyond the headline because they're just you know. I mean, we even made the joke when we we posted the article on Facebook and Twitter and everything of the I'd like to work thirty one days and get one hundred and forty eight million dollars, but the it's a very low risk contract for them because mm-hmm. if Embiid is as advertised, then yes, you pay him his money. But in the case if he gets uh, injured or doesn't make you know uh, all star teams or you know anything like that, the deal works out to being less than what the Lakers paid Timofey Moscow. But but it's funny because yeah. the only injuries that are covered are his foot and back. If he loses a hand, they still have to pay him his whole his whole contract. So I mean, if if Captain Hook and B you know shows his head, they still got to pay the guy. I just like imagine. The, I don't. I don't know why I imagined Brad Stevens, but I just feel like he'd be like the best best heel turn coach for this. Just to like send like bench player number five onto the court and be like, take his hand, make him pay him. Dude just runs onto the court with a scythe and just. <laughs> Let's be fair. Marcus Smart would totally do that. Yeah, yeah. Send out one of the Morris twins. <laughs> What do I got to lose? <laughs> right, just a career. Yeah. But they'll Arson. be that guy. Yeah. So, I mean, we're all we're all pretty big in uh, attending Camp Embiid here. Uh, yeah. So, I'm a fan of the deal. I think it's a very smart deal for Philly. Uh, because from the, the, you know, over the 31 games, the 24-ish minutes per game that we saw of that, he showed just flashes of brilliance. Uh, and I mean, I, I, I think we're kind of ushering in the era of the big man with with the NBA. I think we're starting to move away. Like, guard play is super important, but we're starting to kind of find that balance again, and I think NBA is a crucial, crucial piece for the Sixers' future. So I think it's a smart gamble. I think it's a very low-risk contract unless he loses a hand or an eye or the ability to smell. I don't know. I don't really know if that would play an impact. But yeah, I don't think so. I, I can't, can't, I can't smell, smell Dwayne Wade. Wade. <laughs> we'll probably lose now, guys. <laughs> it's like, yeah, but I'm still getting paid. But no, it's... So how, how do you guys feel about it? You know, what's your stance on it and everything? Because, I mean, I'm on board for this. And I... I don't know. Go Embiid. Go Philly. I'm excited. Um, I like the idea with the protections. At first, when I first heard it, I didn't like it because the protections hadn't come out yet. It just been announced the breaking news. Um, I, you know, the, it is low risk, and I think it's a nice thing. You kind of see this a little bit in the NFL. Uh, 
actually ironically very similar to Colin Kaepernick signed this like a deal like this with the 49ers where if something happens and they cut him they don't he's not guaranteed any of the money um Andy Dalton has one too in Cincinnati so you kind of it's kind of like you know the Sixers taking that NFL piece of the of work and making it there in this situation here I like it for the sake of Embiid stays in Philly and this is Philly keeping their homegrown players and not letting guys leave the door um you know, we know that their plan is that there's three guys and himself, Ben Simmons, and Markel Fultz. That's everything they're banking on. That's their future. So, yes, there's uncertainty. He has only played 31 games, but he was a superstar in those 31 games. He was outstanding. And he's, his usage rate is, is, is like a superstar's anyway. So I'm all for it. I think that it's good that Philly is kind of showing their fans like we're committed to keeping our, our players that we've grown to stay with our franchise. And it doesn't hurt the cap space. Not at all. Philly's Philly is loaded with you know they're they are flush with. They're not done. That's the crazy thing. Like Rashawn Holmes is going to be coming up soon, and you know Philly's not going to let him walk. They love him. Uh, Dario, obviously, his time's going to come here. I think Julio Okafor is probably going to be shopped again, and no one's going to bite. But I think that's probably the only one Philly fans if they're really worried about Julio Okafor leaving, which they're not. That's probably the only one they'd be concerned about potentially not being there. I mean, they gotta sure. they gotta save a little bit of money for uh, <clears throat> a Mecca Okafor. Oh, you're right. So, yes, silly uh, me. <laughs> and they need to they need to save a little bit of money for him because I saw him make the old live Okafor last twins. week on the show. I witnessed a actual basket made by Mecca Okafor in 2017 in an NBA preseason game, and <laughs> I I was very surprised uh, that. Well, Sean Kendrick Perkins is playing for the Cavaliers right is now. He? I that, yes. I didn't know that. See, that would have been that would have been fun for our episode of who are they playing for now? Because I I wouldn't have uh, I wouldn't have guessed that one. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm excited for uh, Embiid to get locked down by Philly. I think, like you guys said, that he you know the commitment of that team to throw that much money at them is really showing the fans that they you know they're committed to keeping the homegrown talents. Um, He's a good face. Oh, for God. completely. He's, he's if if he if he gets healthy, he has the the chance of a lifetime to be kind of a, a Shaq style type athlete in terms of marketing because he's great. Everyone likes mm-hmm. him. You know, there's nobody. I don't know anyone who's just like you know. Besides the whole your foot's a bum kind of situation <laughs> with with all of his body parts <laughs> failing, you know, which I which is the only thing that that leaves me skeptical about the whole deal. I mean, yeah, he's got the protections, but if something else happens to him, man, <laughs> that would be so Philadelphia, you know. I mean, I I sure. I I understand the skepticism and I understand the excitement. So, um uh, but but right now yeah. it's a good time to be happy cuz I'm I'm very excited for Philly this season. I think the other winner from this is going to be Bill Self at Kansas because he had his two guys, his two biggest draft picks the last few years, both signed max deals for $148 million this week as Andrew Wiggins signed his today too. Yes, yes. That's true. a recruiting pitch yeah. in and of itself yeah. right there. Right. So uh, just kind of moving on from that, uh, I, I wanted to touch on this. We don't have to you know, spend a lot of time on it or anything. But have either of you seen at least the the headline clips of the Sports Illustrated interview with Isaiah Thomas? Yes, it was awesome. I actually read the article okay. today. Excellent. So you've read far more than I have. So if you want to 
kind of you know extrapolate on that for a minute. Uh, I do kind of want to touch on that because it's it's a bit of an emotional read. It's very emotional read because it talks about like the headline is actually written by former guest Ben Gulliver, who was on our show uh, back in December yes. or January, yes. one of the two. Um, really great guest, and it was a piece on Isaiah talking about how this was the best year of his NBA career, but the worst year of his personal life. Um, he talks a lot about how he was really loyal to Boston and how he was really frustrated that he was the one that convinced Al Horford to go there. He was the one that did everything he could to talk to Gordon Hayward to come to Boston and that, you know, he sacrificed everything. He played hurt during the playoffs. He admits he shouldn't have, he, sh- he admits actually that he should have sat out the playoffs to help rest his hip because Cleveland would have had him day one if he did. Mm-hmm. Um, he talks about how, you know, he played the day after his sister died because it was game one of the playoffs against the Bulls, and he went out there and played, and he probably shouldn't have. And he talks about the conversation he had with Danny Ainge, when Danny, which he kind of touched on this Players' Tribune article where Danny Ainge just calls him up and says, hey, we traded you. Um, he said he talks to Brad Stevens a lot still, and Brad Stevens actually like had a really hard time talking to him about everything and saying, like, I have been staring at a wall for five hours trying to figure out what I can say to you after the trade today, and I can't think of anything. And I don't think that's Brad Stevens not being excited about Kyrie Irving. I think it's, damn, that sucks, I'm going to lose my guy. Yeah. Um, and, the, you know, obviously the thing that's dropping out the most is he said that he'll probably never speak to Danny Ainge ever again, but he'll always treat Boston well. And what's important about yeah. that is he talks about when Sacramento traded in the Phoenix, he said, fuck Sacramento, I'm going to make sure they regret that. Yeah, they have. And then Phoenix moves into Boston, he said, you guys are never, you guys are never going to re- remember, forget this. Yeah, they haven't either. Um, and so now he said, I'm not going to go out and do a revenge tour in the Celtics, but I don't want to have you around Danny Ainge ever again. That's rough. That's really rough. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's from just the perspective of the Celtics roster, I have never seen that much roster turnover from an Eastern Conference finalist. Right. Or just any conference finalist, aside from, like, the 98 Bulls. I was going to say, after yeah. everyone retired. Yeah, but like in terms of a team that basically reloaded without kind of having to, uh, it's it's interesting. I think, you know, I definitely feel for, you know, Thomas and everything, and you can always make the argument that, oh, it's business, but like Thomas, like Isaiah Thomas never, to me at least, I never felt like he went into business yep. for himself. Right. Yes. He was the at Celtics. Any time with it. Yeah, like, you know, he was the heart and soul of that team. Uh, he was the one that got them to the conference finals, you know, like, save for Horford and, and Jay Crowder and everything like that, but he was the he was the soul of that Celtics lineup. And, you know, he's going to get such a warm welcome back yes. in the garden. Uh, but it's on, Jesus, well, no, I was going to say on the 17th, but that's not quite accurate because he's on the bench right now. But mm. it's... It's definitely, like, a tough situation where, yeah, it is business, but it's rare to see the it's business be used on someone that was so selfless for a franchise. I agree. I think think Isaiah Thomas has been undervalued with every franchise he's ever played for. And it's because he's short. Let's be honest. He's not a... Great defender. He is a volume scorer, though, and dude's got a lot of heart, and he plays with that chip on his shoulder every game. So, I mean, that's that's the story of his whole career. It's been the story of his whole it career. Is. I mean, and I mean, it's evidence. I mean, I had him on fantasy teams, you know, three years ago, 
how good he is, the numbers he puts up. I mean, people just... Players can't guard him sometimes. He's just incredible. He is the best little man to play since Allen Iverson. He's he's an absolutely incredible athlete. But um, it'll be interesting to see what happens in Cleveland with him this year. And I just hope that he gets back, gets healthy, and gets out on the floor for them. Yeah, he talks about that too. Hey, he's like, he really appreciates, he's like, the Cavaliers are the ones that told me to be patient. And basically, I think that Kobe Altman and staff really has the idea of, as long as we have Isaiah Thomas back by April, we don't care. And I'm going to just kind of make a, a, a bit of a bold, ostentatious claim here, because... Sean, you you said you're excited to see what he's going to be like in Cleveland. Uh, I'm just gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this against the wall. If you guys think it sticks, then the noodles cooked and it's a full thought. But prime Gilbert Arenas, okay. that, 24 that and six to me, guy, yeah. Looking lo- looking at the growth he showed last year, what he's going to bring to a has the best player in the world team because right. Uh, and granted, he's probably not going to see a lot of the same looks and, like, get a lot of the same, like, court space just because he's not going to have to, like... He's going to be sharing the load with, you know, a, what appears to be a somewhat improved Derrick Rose. But Isaiah Thomas, to me, in terms of, like, the chip on the shoulder and, like, the size and the shooting and scoring ability, I I really think he could put up some, like, really nice, good Gilbert Arenas numbers. I dig it. I like that. It's a good comparison. Well, it's shall we time. Get into the show? Topic of the show this week is we are we are one week away from the season starting. By the time you listen to this, so we are going to be bold, we are going to be brave, and we are going to prognosticate who we think are going to walk away at the end of the season with the major NBA awards, not counting championships because we're not, we're not there yet. No, I, I, no feel, I feel that. like there is, but that's I'm next not, week, you, Sean, you, next week. You, 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 all right. All right. Sure. Whatever, Tim. That, 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 we'll, we'll do that with our season kickoff. So, uh, I figure we can just go around each of us name, you know, name and justify our winner for each award. We'll go award by award. Uh, make it you know pretty easy to follow. Uh, I'll just start from the bottom of what I've written down. Uh, rookie of the year. So, Sean, who was your pick for this year's rookie of the year? You know, there are so many different choices this year that I and I and I always, I almost always make the wrong pick for rookie of the year. It's easy right. to do. There's like sixty. There's of them. like there's like sixty of them, but I'm I'm gonna go uh, down a road that that uh, has happened a few times before. The player who got injured and was forgotten about, the Blake Griffin mm-hmm. of this of this draft or of last year's draft, Ben Simmons. I'm gonna go with him. Uh, I've been impressed with what I've seen so far with him in preseason. He has the tools to be a very, very great basketball player. Um, I'm not sure about how much opportunity he's going to get out in Philly, but I think if things gel right for that young team, they have a shot at maybe the eighth seed. So I'm going to go with Ben Simmons. I think, uh, you know, I, I think people are sleeping on him. I uh, actually also went with Ben Simmons, and I actually went for different reasons than Sean. 
Uh, Sean Sagan doesn't know exactly the amount of opportunity he's going to get there, but he's their primary ball handler. He's really their point guard um, with, on the offensive side of the ball. True. And, you know, he looks like, and this isn't fair to any human being to say, but he looks like little LeBron. <laughs> okay. Like the way he throw, passes the ball, yeah. his court vision with his size, how fast he is. He can get to the rim like no other. He's still not a great shooter, but that's going to develop in time. I think that Ben Simmons is going to be phenomenal this year. Um, and don't be wrong. Lonzo's going to be awesome. Dennis Smith's going to be awesome. I can't wait to see what De'Aaron Fox does. And now that Nicholas Batum's out, Malik Monk is a dark horse candidate too. But I, I just think sure. of the group, I, I'm going to go with Ben Simmons. I think that he's just going to be awesome. And I think Brett Brown really is excited to see what he can do with having the ball in Ben Simmons' hands. Now, I don't disagree with either of you, but I'm going to. Okay. And uh, I went with De'Aaron Fox. Oh, nice. I I really, for the first time since like 2001, I like what the Kings are offering. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's a really good compliment to, to Buddy. I think Devok's kind of getting his shit together. And it's, it's a situation where I, I kind of talked about it last week, but nowhere near to the extent of what the Bulls roster is. But you're going to have a handful of teams this year that aren't expected to compete so you're going to see a lot of inflated stats and a lot of like flexing in terms of like players kind of getting to figure stuff out and i think the kings are ripe for that and i think you're going to see a lot of good out of deer and fox because i think he's actually is paired with a lot of the right players it's very possible man i think he's going to be really good so none of us went lonzo i thought for sure you were going to go dennis smith i i thought for sure that i was too but i I'm trying, I'm trying this thing where I like being right. Sure. I mean, we know this. We have hashtag <laughs> Alex was right. You were pretty good at it last year, yeah. And I, I, I want to. I'm, I'm aiming. I'm aiming for the stars. I have a couple wild ones in here, uh, but I, I'm, Dennis Smith Jr. is interesting. I just think we touched on this with Will uh, in the Mavs, Mavs preview, where there's a lot of guards in Dallas. Mm-hmm. And while Dennis Smith is, like, the key piece of this, I still think it's going to be kind of Dirk-heavy. I think uh, Seth Curry's going to be involved a lot. Yogi Ferrell, I think, is a dude they have, you know, their eyes on a lot, too. And so I don't really know how everything's going to work out. But I do think Dennis Smith is going to give us the most highlights. I agree. I think for sure. And I'm still keeping my prediction that he wins the dog contest. Mm-hmm. Dude, dude is going to finish top three. Yeah. Like, in, in Rookie of the Year. A lot of these were, I had them narrowed down to three or four players, and then I went with, like, this guy will probably finish second, and picked that one. Yeah, that's fair. That was my Malik Monk. I think now, mm-hmm. like I said, with Matum being out, he's going to have so many shot opportunities. Yeah. Cause we're all wrong. It, it's going to be Kyle Kuzma. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't think that didn't cross my mind. <laughs> Way too early. Oh, sure. Way too early. So, uh, moving on to the award that when my mom heard about it one time, she laughed because she said, isn't that the point of playing a professional sport? Most improved. Yes. So, uh, I'll kick this one off. I went Joseph Nurkic. Nice. Yeah. Uh, dude looked unreal once he got moved to Portland. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, again, thank you, the, the Trailblazers fans can thank the Bulls front office for that. And, and the Nuggets, I guess, too. But I, You're I think welcome. that dude is... He's like... I, it's unfair to say because he played alongside Jok, uh, 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 Jokic, but, like, 
he kind of, I think he's prime. He's like, he's that dude that when I look at it, I'm like, you're on the cusp of something really great the following season. Uh, it's the same kind of feeling I had with like, hey, we're coming into this year, uh, and a couple other players where like, you kind of look at him and you're like, you're almost there, and you need the full 82 to, to finish what you started last year, but uh, I really like Jurkic. I think he's, I would almost go as far as say he's a lock for me on most improved, uh, but I'm interested to see what you guys think and, and who you guys put down as well. Um, so mine was tough, man. I went, I was between three guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brandon Ingram and Gary Harris were two because mm-hmm. now that Gary Harris has a huge contract in Denver. Yeah. I think he's going to get a lot more opportunities. And obviously, like you said, having Nikola Jokic certainly doesn't hurt anybody. Oh, no. But I actually ended up going with Miles Turner, the center for the Pacers. Okay. Um, my reason being that, one, he's going to be the guy that touches the ball every possession uh, because the Pacers don't have a choice of so their offensive production. There is no Paul George. There is no Jeff Teague anymore. I mean, the only other guys that he's really going to be working with the ball is TJ Leaf and Darren Collison. Um, but Turner has showed glimpses of being outstanding. Yes. I think he's a great young talent. And now that his usage rate is going to be there, his player efficiency rating is going to go up. He's going to be a double-double guy for the Pacers this year because they don't have a choice if they want to even have a shot at winning games this year. So I think Miles Turner is going to be the guy in my eyes. Pacers fans are sitting there going, "Hey, we are three and one right now in the preseason <laughs> <laughs> with Derek Collison." Hey, gotta gotta get balls Oladipo. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I did forget about Oladipo. I did, but he's still not as good as Miles Turner. Oh, I gotta go to Banker's Life with a sign that says "Balls Oladipo." <laughs> 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 get kicked out. So, Sean, who uh, who is your who's your pick for most improved? So. I- I got sidetracked. There's a I'm watching the Heat game, and some guy proposed to his girlfriend during the halftime at a preseason game that they were ten people attending. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, that you. And you know you know how Miami fans don't care about Miami basketball unless LeBron James is in Jersey. There, no, they'll be there in the third quarter. Right. Yeah. Well, there's like nobody there, and I mean, it, it was the saddest thing I ever saw. I- Remember that time I proposed to you? During a preseason Miami Heat game? So, there's two schools of thought to go with this, Sean. One is smart move, because in case she said no, limited embarrassment. (laughs) Second school of thought is the arena's actually sold out, and it's fans dressed as empty seats night. (laughs) Anyways, I am going to go uh, with my my outside-of-the-box pick. I'm going to go with a man who's on his own island, the island of Brooklyn, D'Angelo Russell. Oh, okay. A guy who's going to get a lot of touches, a guy who's going to control pretty much everything on the island that is Brooklyn. So, uh, I, I loved him as a Laker. I don't think he, I, I think his time there was short-lived, but I love the trade for Brook Lopez out there. If Brooke lasts out there for more than the season and they get him on a good deal next year, awesome. Uh, but getting D'Angelo Russell for the for the Nets, great way to to start something. Sure. I don't know what they're starting, but they're starting something. And, uh, you know, he's a guy who could put up 23 points a game, you know, six assists. He's, he's one of those guys who could do that because, literally, there's no one else out there right. besides Sean Kilpatrick right now. Jeremy Lin. And... And, yeah. Yeah. Jeremy Lin's hair. 
He's probably watch the, it. the small forward. Watch it. You will get a very kind but harshly worded Instagram comment if you keep that up, Sean. <laughs> How awesome was that? It was great. That's exactly what you would expect like, from a Harvard student. When he's like, I really appreciate your Chinese tattoos. <laughs> like, that was awesome. But yeah, D'Angelo Russell, he's my pick. I, and and to, to touch on Tim's pick here, I like, I like Miles Turner. That was actually kind of who I was first leaning towards, but it was also a situation where I know we talked about him a lot last year, and I, I kept my eye on him, and I was like, holy shit, like, Miles Turner, this is a season, and then he kind of tailed off the last half of the year, he and did. so it's one of those situations where I'm like, uh, I don't want to, because like I said, I'm on that trying yeah. to get the right train. I, I, was, I was a little disappointed with him at the end of last year, too. I kind of forgot about him, honestly, yeah. and the Pacers. No, well, so, no offense. When I went to game four... I watched him go ice, like play ISO defense against LeBron, mm-hmm. and he held his own. Man, he was pretty damn good. Sure, and, and like I mean, the talents there. It's just whether or not the consistency is, and I hope it is. Uh, yeah, it, he's one of the. Oh, God, I hate saying this because if we were all sitting together, you got someone would throw something at my head. Probably something very heavy. The dude. The dude's floor, when I see him, like, kind of tail off, he's one of those guys where, like, you see the flashes of brilliance and then kind of, like, scales back for a few games. It's very Tyrus Thomasy. Okay. But without, like, the freakish athleticism. But it's just yeah. one of those situations where you're like, oh my god, where has this been all season? But then it's, like, the only time of the year you get it. <laughs> so, I, I, I hope he finishes, like... Literally what he started last year because I, I he didn't, but uh, I do like that pick. <laughs> uh, Sean, I'm a big fan of yours, and your pick of D'Angelo Russell is the perfect segue for my pick for sixth man, the aforementioned Jeremy Lin. Oh, uh, because fun pick Bro- Brooklyn, like you said, they're they're starting something by putting out a lot of fires, uh, and I think Jeremy Lin is a player that would start on a handful of other teams. So I was kind of looking for, like, who's a dude that's coming off the bench that could probably start in maybe, like, less than a third of the league. Uh, but I I think he's still going to put up what we expect. I think he's still going to run that offense. Uh, I think he's still going to be a primary, you know, offensive output for, for the Nets while they're still gathering pieces for a puzzle that they don't know what the finished picture is yet. But... Uh, so yeah, I, I went Lynn for six man solely because of the Russell trade. Interesting pick. Yeah. Very interesting. Now, do you think he'll actually come off the bench? That's that would that would definitely uh, mess up that pick if he didn't. <laughs> I, I feel I feel like they're going to start him with D'Angelo and run D'Angelo at the two. That's my prediction, but I don't know anything about basketball, so. <laughs> Good thing I'm you just... don't host a basketball show. <laughs> I know, I know. Right. I'm, just, I'm just throwing shit out there. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Thank God this is a bowling podcast. Tim, who's your pick for Turkey of the Year? <laughs> Enos Cantor? Excellent. <laughs> Fun, I like that. Three strikes. <laughs> Did you see the Knicks actually like don't know who's going to start at center between him, Willie Hernan Gomez, and Joaquim Noah? Because the Knicks. That's not even a choice. <laughs> right? I mean, Willie Hernan Gomez is not a not a bad player. So, I mean, no. I, I see it between... Put Noah in that conversation. It's just wrong. Well, no, I mean, it makes sense, though, right? You start Noah, he gets injured, you collect the insurance payment. 
with his French sneakers. So, who do you guys have for for sixth men? Go ahead, Tim. You really want me to go yeah, first? Okay, I, want you to go first. I will. All right, I went there, Chris. I bought in. Okay. I think that the speed's there again. Um, he looks healthy in Cleveland, which take that as you will. That might only mean 58 games. I'll take that from him. Um, I just think that, one, his numbers that he's going to have while Isaiah's out is going to play into this. And I think LeBron really wants to show how good he can be. And when LeBron wants to make a player better, you're goddamn right he's going to do it. <laughs> um, so I think Rose is going to have a stellar year. And I think we've all seen it in the Cleveland preseason games we've watched so far that he's been really impressive. So I think the way Ty Lue's going to use him as his point guard, the sets is going to draw with him, LeBron, and Love. And they also the reports came out today that one of his plans is to sub Derek early and have him run with the second team while they're waiting for Thomas to come mm-hmm. back. I think it's going to play a part of it too. So I, I'm, I'm in, man. I don't know if – I mean, I have some Dark Horse candidates there too. But if I have to pick one right now, I'm going to say him because I don't know if J.R. Smith's going to fully buy into coming off the bench or not. And with that, that's true because he does not seem entirely thrilled. Uh, but I mean, right. it's him interest in Thompson. So I, that is a hell of a fucking second team. But that's a crazy oh second God. team. But it's crazy because like this Cavs team is basically what we wanted 2010 Bulls to be. But yeah, uh, with Rose, I actually had him slotted. He was one of those dudes where I'm like. I kind of want to see a guy that's won MVP to win Most Improved. Yeah, it's only it's only happened one other time. Do you know who it was? I, no, you don't. No, I don't. Host Bill a Walton. Show. Oh, Bill, Bill Walton. Walton. Bill Walton. Bill Walton. He's the, oh, he's the right. only person to win MVP and then later win Sixth Man of the Year. Now, last year, you know, James Harden came close to becoming the first person to win Sixth Man and then win MVP. Yeah. So that's never been done before, but. Fun fact. So, uh, Sean? So, Sean. So, yeah. Uh, I was going to also go with Derrick Rose, but since... Uh, since Hold since, on. No, wait. Hold wait, the... wait, 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 wait. But since but since Tim is so optimistic, I, I, I fear for you, Tim, and I fear for Derrick Rose's knees. So, I'm going to go... Uh, <laughs> well... I was get, my second pick was going to be J.R. Smith, but you guys all talked <laughs> me down. You guys all talked me down. You're like, I don't think he's going to buy in. But this is a guy who's already won sixth man of the year. True. Yeah. So, and a lot of my uh, picks this year for for awards are going to be repeat winners from previous years. So I'm going to go with J.R. Because I think he'll make it work. Because J.R. Smith does those kind of things. I think he should be starting, honestly. I don't think that current Dwayne Wade's much better than him, and GR's a way better perimeter defender. Yeah, but but Dwayne Wade and LeBron together is just too fun to pass up, man. Right. And Wade's if, if this were my team, would you say they were a dynamic duo? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Undoubtedly. Yeah. yeah. I think that they, they, to me, are like, they were two players that were like destined to play together one way or another. I didn't yes. think it was going to yeah. happen twice, but here we are. Do you think Chris Bosch called Kobe Altman and was like, dude, I can play? <laughs> oh, I've got, a, I've got a new heart. It's okay. <laughs> That's not even funny, man. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to be on the defensive. Speaking of defensive, defensive player of the year. I 
I feel like this is the one all three of us are going to agree on. So, uh, Sean. Uh, this was the toughest one for me, because my gut wants to say Draymond again. Uh-huh. My, my heart wants to say LeBron will finally win. Uh-huh. But it's going to be Rudy Gobert. Okay. Same. Same. <laughs> Turkey! <laughs> I just, yeah, I mean, it makes the most sense, I think, that... But the only thing that worries about him not winning it is kind of how, like, LeBron has done that thing now where LeBron focuses more on the other side of the ball because he has to. Where LeBron can still go out there and play outstanding defense on a night-to-night basis, but now that Hayward's gone, and now that, like, George Hill's gone, Rudy Gobert is going to have a lot of stuff he's going to have to do to really hold over on the offensive side of the ball for Utah. This is the season of Rubio, man. He's good. God, I feel bad for Utah. I know. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't even know if Hayward is going to work out the way the Celtics want him to now with the way their team's constructed with Kyrie Irving. But, God, it would have been fun to see them rebuild more in, in Utah. Yeah, but, you know, our Jazz fan that's listening is like, we're 5-0 and in preseason right now. <laughs> we're doing just fine, guys! <laughs> We don't need that Gordon Hayward with this cool hair. <laughs> and his well-trimmed beard. <laughs> and his body that made 2K not do skinny white men anymore. <laughs> and his friggin' jawline. Oh, uh, man. Oh, jeez. Okay, so yeah, I wouldn't go bear for a lot of the same reasons. Uh, part of me wanted to be an asshole and say Jimmy Butler. Uh, eh. Just because I, I so badly want a wing guy to win Defensive Player yeah. of the Year, and <clears throat> Butler with Tibbs is just magic. I will say that I think Butler will have the highest uh, difference in usage rate from year to year this year. Last year he was 44th in the league in usage rate on the team he was the best player. So he's going to go to this team where they're going to need a leader, and so he's going he's gonna, to he's gonna touch the ball a lot. Well, we've we've still got we've still got our, our league pass teams to go through tonight too, so we'll keep keep this ball rolling with our coach of the year award. Uh, mm-hmm. Scott Brooks for the Wizards. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm pulling for the bag of Tim tricks on this one because I know he's <laughs> a, he's a favorite of yours. I think you picked him last year. I did last uh, year. Yeah. Um, I, I think I think he's. That, I mean, the Wizards are, we touched on it last week, that team that will grind you out. Uh, I think Brooks is probably the one of the best coaches in the East, and since no one's really allowed to win Coach of the Year back-to-back, uh, it kind of made like picking some of these a little easy. But, uh, yeah, I think Brooks is, because it's not necessarily the best coach or the coach with the best record that wins. So it right. came down between Brooks and Tibbs. Uh, I went Brooks. Okay. Um, I guess I went a little cliche. I went Brad Stevens. Okay. I, th- I think more or less, yeah, the Celtics should be good. I think, you know, they're at worst the second seed in the East. Not saying they'll win the East. I just don't think they will. But um, I think for the fact that he's going to go and repeat what he did last year with a completely different roster is going to say a lot about his coaching ability. And his boy. Yeah, and having Hayward back and getting Kyrie Irving where, Ky- you know, and – there's these reports that he's using Kyrie Irving to not play isolation basketball, but we all know that's bullshit because it's Kyrie Irving. Mm-hmm. But play when I think you have that, to. right? Yeah, and I, th- I think I think Brad Stevens is going to have a really great year in Boston. Yeah. 
Sean? I'm, I'm going to do co-coaches of the year. Co- oh. Is so Gordon Hayward and Brad Stevens. <laughs> <laughs> the first father and son coach of the year team. I'm sorry, Sean. Did you say Jim Boylan for coach of the year? That's weird. Jim. Which one, though, Tim? Which one? <laughs> Both of them. It's co Both yes. of them. It doesn't even matter. Uh, my, uh, my inner self wants to say Tom Thibodeau. Sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. But, uh, with all of the hype going into the season, uh, the Cavs have the most egos to manage. Yeah. Pro- probably the most talent ever assembled on any roster ever. <laughs> I mean, that that, that... that team in the Bay completely disagrees with that. I I don't know, man. It's I, just the bench that the Cavs have is, is pretty freaking incredible right now. Now, there's going to be some injuries. It's going to happen. There's already one of them right now. <laughs> right. So, I mean, but I, I'm going to go with Ty Lue because... I think he's going to have to be the guy who manages all this this year, and they're going to be the number one team in the East. They're going to make it to the NBA Finals. Sorry, Boston, it's going to happen. And LeBron is going to try to fulfill his destiny to win one more title in Cleveland. So I'm going to give it to him. Tim? I I think that's fair. Um... I still like my Brad Stevens pick more, but that's sure. okay. <laughs> well, yeah, that's that's because it's your pick, right? Yeah, <laughs> but he just trust me. It's it's so weird to hear Sean speak quasi positively about Cleveland basketball. So Twice. I wanted you, to, I wanted right. I wanted you to take that moment and you know, like you know, like oh, like, I'm the, enjoying like, it. like a sweet dill and relish in it. <laughs> oh, I, oh, I am, I am. <laughs> Excellent. So. Which brings us to our final award, the big one, Big Country Bryant Reeves, as it were. The the Bryant Reeves Memorial Most Valuable Player Award. <laughs> I really hope they rename it that. <laughs> Me too. Otherwise known as just the crew cut. <laughs> the the big grizz, my big grizz this year, uh, the forty eight minutes Bryant Reeves Memorial <laughs> Most Valuable Player Award. My pick is Anthony Davis. Oh, Ooh, I, nice. If he can stay healthy. Solely contingent on if he can play 70 games. 68 minimum. But, like, those 14 would almost have to be by choice. Uh, but uh, I'm going Davis. I don't think you have a more dynamic big man in the NBA. Uh one, nope. That with the athleticism, because I mean, Jokic can pass, he can rebound, he can shoot. That's great. But Davis is a dude that has been exponentially better year over year. Uh, his blocks are always there. He's never really considered for Defensive Player of the Year, despite his length and what he actually does bring. You know, I mean, I was going to say physically, but he's still kind of like a wormy looking dude. But it's a situation. Because of his eyebrow. What's that? Is that because of his eyebrows? Yeah, you know, because he, he's got that second grader bird on his face. But, uh, yes. I mean, dude is a prolific scorer. His shooting's getting better. Like his, his actual, like, stretching the floor is getting better. His rebounding's always there. His blocks are there. His passing's there. Uh, I think he's going to come out this year and probably, I, I will say, be the most well-rounded player uh, that isn't named LeBron James on, on the floor, day, like, game in and game out. So mm-hmm. I think it's his time, and as much as I think it was going to go Westbrook or Harden, 
again, I'm going against the I'm going against the grain on this. I, I think it's I think it's Big Brow's time because I want a goddamn Alex was right moment. <laughs> well, in that he you know he he's wearing a headband. This yeah, year. well, absolutely, and that that's yeah. that's basically the cotton equivalent of Tibbs dust. So go a exactly, and I yeah Davis, that's my pick. Notice LeBron has a one once he took his exactly. off. Exactly, just saying. Yeah. <laughs> so, Tim, your Bryant Reeves Memorial Most Valuable Player Award goes to LeBron James. Ooh, without the headband, or is he going to bring it back? Um, I think that he's going to keep it off. Yeah, I think he's going to keep it off. But let's be honest here, guys. This is he's going to be. This is thirty fourth year. Um, this is his last, probably his last chance he has to really win it. And everything we've talked about is true about the Cavaliers. Uh, everything they've done to load their team up. And this was a team that Ty Lue and Kobe Altman built to say, hey, man, you should stay here because we'll give you what you want to make this win and make sure we can go at Golden State. For everything they did, there's still a lot of slack he's going to have to pick up, um, especially in ball handling because Kyrie's gone and scoring, even though... Because if you think about it, really, if you look at that starting five right now, Wade doesn't score like he used to. Jay Crowder's not much of a scorer, even though he's a good three-point shooter. The only other scorer they have right now is Kevin Love. And Kevin Love at the five is going to be huge because that's going to be a great thing for them to space the floor. We all know how good LeBron is. I used to always joke that LeBron and Kyrie were the two best isolation players in the world, and I don't think that was really a joke. I just think that there's going to be a lot of situations where he's going to be in those situations where he's going to go one-on-one against guys. I think he's going to have to play both sides of the court. Now that Jay Crowder's there, his defensive situation just got way easier where he can kind of roam and let Crowder kind of play those Kevin Durant's or those Giannis Antetokounmpo's, and LeBron can just make sure that no one else gets to the rim. So I think with the pressure that's going to be on him to score and the pressure that's taken off him to be the guy defensively, he's going to have a free realm year, and he's going to be unstoppable, and this will be the last time in his illustrious NBA career that LeBron James wins MVP. I dig it. So Sean for, brings us for, to you. For Who once, is your BRM MVP? I'm I'm also gonna pick LeBron for basically all of the same reasons said by Tim. Um, I think he has more on the line this season than any player has on the line this season. Mm-hmm. I think there's more pressure on him than there's ever been. You know, is anyone discounting the fact that? LeBron could just retire after this season. No. He could do it, yeah. man. If he won a if he won a title this year, he brings a second title to Cleveland. He walks away with people wondering, well, maybe he is the best. Seriously. Yeah. He's at least one of the three. He's he's top three. He's top three. So, I mean it it's Michael Jordan, Bryant Country Reeves, and then LeBron. <laughs> <laughs> so so, but yeah, I, I agree with you. I think I think this is he. He has to win it this year. He's going to have to do everything, even on a team when he's given. He's been this. This team is more loaded than any team that LeBron has ever played for. Yeah. I agree. It's insane. Like I don't think the Warriors reloaded enough <laughs> to even combat this. Now there's a lot of shaky things going on on the Cleveland bench. Dwayne Wade, Derrick Rose, Isaiah Thomas. You know. Shaky things, but if if they work fifty percent of the time, it still really helps this team, and it's going to help LeBron, and I I think he's going to win again. 
I think, yeah. Um, there's a part of me that I, I, I see. I completely see what you're saying, Sean. I agree. Like, I very well could see a situation. The Cavs win. LeBron, what are you going to do next year? Nothing. <laughs> I'm going to go um, home and sleep with my wife. Roll credits to the baby be, It would. It would be the greatest capper in NBA history. Yeah. Just like just I still walk think away. There's a part of him that wants to pass Kareem in scoring. How far off is he? Not. I think if he had played six or seven more years at the pace he's going now, which with his athleticism is actually kind of possible, um, he would he could do see, it. See, and part of me like wants to see LeBron win a title this year and then walk away, kind of still like before the prime runs out. But at the yeah. same time, though, I am dying to see post-prime LeBron James without who kind of like loses a step a little bit, doesn't quite have that athleticism, so just crushes the game yeah. in completely other, like, different ways. He would be like how Vince Carter right now is still finding ways to be effective in the NBA. He'd be a better version yeah. of that. Way like better version. When Kobe <laughs> yeah. stopped exploding to the rim all the time for like dunks and started working more on the finesse game and started the post game, yeah, the post game, the all that stuff like the back to the basket game and everything. Like I want to still see that part of LeBron's career, and part of me would be really sad if we are robbed of that. I mean, I don't think he's going to walk away this year, obviously, but if he right. were to walk away before we kind of got to see, you know, tier two LeBron. Where it's like, oh, by the way, I can also Let me do ask this. You, yeah, I, I completely agree with you. Like, I, I don't ever want that day to come where, I, I, you know, I know the day is coming where he doesn't play anymore, but I don't want yeah. it to happen because this is like, this is the first player for me that from start to finish, I watched him be yeah. great. You know, I caught, I got in the basketball at the end, you know, with Penny and Jordan and those guys. That was the end of Jordan. This night, that, that last three-peat in Chicago was really when I got into basketball. So I knew how great Michael Jordan was. But I saw the mm-hmm. end of it. And we're, you're old enough to see this and appreciate it. Whereas, you know, when we were younger. Exactly. During, you know, first three-peat, second three-peat and stuff like that. We're like, wow, this guy's really good. But you don't, like, wrap your head around how great he is. And this exactly. is a rare instance where, you know, we're looking at it, not, like, through the looking glass or anything. But, <clears> like, we're, we're seeing kind of, like, what... Eight, six, seven, eight, nine year old us uh, saw, but mm-hmm. as, you know, 13, 14, 15, 16, 18, 29, whatever, you know, year old to be like, fuck, yeah. like this dude is great. So let me ask you guys this because you guys have both, you know, as long as I've known you, you're not exactly the president and vice president of the LeBron James fan club by any means. Uh, you guys have definitely had your frustrations. You know, he's definitely broken our hearts as Bulls fans many of times sure. in the playoffs, so we always beat him in primetime games on national TV. I uh, can't figure that out. When that day does come, will you guys miss oh, him? Oh, yeah. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. I, I miss anyone who gave me a good fight at one point. You know, I miss those Detroit Pistons teams with Ben Wallace. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I do too. I miss those teams. I miss seeing, you know, Reggie Miller and Rick Smiths going up against, you know, Chicago. I miss those dirty, dirty, freaking Jeff Van Gundy, Pat Riley, New York Knicks teams. I miss, I miss Kobe. Yeah, I and I miss Kobe, man. I miss Kobe. But I, I, I was turned into a Kobe fan when when Shaq left, and, and I, I saw <laughs> and I saw what he could do on his own, and just saw his greatness for what it was. With with Kobe though, right? Is is we were fortunate enough. 
to have Kobe retire while LeBron was still in the league. Yes. Know? Like, it, There wasn't this post-Jordan drop-off. Right, and, like, we weren't constantly like, ooh, who's the next Jordan? Is it Allen Iverson? Is it Vince Carter? Is it Tracy? This was just like, oh, Kobe's retiring. LeBron's the best player in basketball. And yeah. it's going to be weird when the time comes where, like, yeah, we don't have a LeBron. And yeah, we won't have a Dirk. And we won't... What, Ben Simmons? Maybe. It's... Yeah, it's, yeah. it's too early to tell. I mean, yeah, I would love for Giannis to be great and to stay on the Bucks, And for us to be like, man, those fucking Bucks team's great. They got that Giannis right. guy, you know? But, like, <laughs> we're, we're in a different era where great players don't owe the franchise that drafted them anything and we're seeing you know teams skirt around the nba and things like that so it's a weird time because it wasn't just like oh jordan's retiring and it's like okay well that fucks the bulls up that fucks the league up and lebron's primarily been cleveland resident aside from like his quote his college college year yeah in, in miami but like the, the league's going to be in good shape when LeBron leaves, yeah. regardless, because there are so many good players, whereas in 1999, the league was not in good shape. Right. It was decimated after Jordan retired. Absolutely decimated. So, I don't want to stay on life after LeBron too long, okay. uh, so okay. let's, let's go ahead and move on. Uh, last topic of the day, league pass, if you're still debating on what teams you want to subscribe to... Leave it to us to tell you where to spend your money. Yeah. It's at 48minutesnetwork.com. No. Uh, <laughs> so we each wrote down our five teams that we think are worth your your League Pass account to, to watch the bulk of their games minus cable blockout. Uh, Sean, being the League Pass stalwart that he is... Uh, He's I will... using my account this year. Oh, that's cool. I, I, hey, so. hey, 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 hey. I paid for part of that. He did pay for oh, part of it. That is fair. That's cute. I paid for part of that. You guys, that you guys are really cute. So, <laughs> uh, Sean, I will let you kick off. Who are your five league pass teams? Five league pass teams in no particular order sure. are the Minnesota Timberwolves, uh-huh. uh, the Philadelphia 76ers, okay. the Los Angeles Lakers, Okay. You kind of laughed a little bit there. What was I, that about? I, I, you'll just, just keep, just. <laughs> He's a Laker fan, Alex. Alex, we lost just, him. Just keep, I'm, just keep I'm going. I'm hardcore. I'm hardcore. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, after that, I'm going to go with uh, probably. Uh, well, I, I can't say Cavs because I can't get them on League Pass. Yeah, we're blacked because out. Because we're blacked out, so I'll watch them on national television. But if I was outside of the tri-state area, I would say Cleveland. Okay. And uh, I think I'm going to go with my last team. It's going to be kind of tough. And since I don't really stay up to watch West Coast games, I'm going to have to give it to my old favorite team, the Bulls, just because I'm going to end up checking up on their awfulness. <laughs> All right. Jerry Grant's going to be most improved player for the Bulls as a starting point guard. Yep. Shut We've up, seen Tim. this. Shut up, Tim. <laughs> Tim, you're five. All right, so we know that I like my young teams who aren't good yet but have tremendous upside. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of my theme here. Okay. Uh, well, minus one, minus two, I guess. One was the Wolves, obviously, the reasons everyone we all. I love Towns. I think, you know, we have our Dynasty basketball draft coming up. If I had the first pick, Towns would be my pick. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Wiggins now that he's there a long time. And obviously, you know, we've all gushed since we started this show about how much we love Jimmy Butler. I am Tibbs. And Taj Gibson being there doesn't hurt by any means also, about, as well. Sure. 
So, you know, the Wolves are definitely there. Uh, also, like Sean, I've got the Sixers because I'm just excited about the trio of Simmons, Fultz, and uh, Embiid as everyone else. Um, I really, really like Rocco. I think Robert Covington's so underrated. And obviously, we all know I've talked many times how much I love J.J. Redick, so him being there now certainly helps as well. Here's where it gets a little weird, gentlemen. Okay. As we know, one of my my favorite arguments for fan wagon, strictly on uniform only, was the Charlotte Hornets. Okay. Okay. But they are on my list because, one, Kemba. Kemba's awesome. Uh-huh. Two, I mentioned a couple times earlier in the show how excited I am for to see what Malik Monk can do. And I really like Steve Clifford. I think they're going to play a lot of defense, and I think Dwight Howard's really going to suck there. So that's going to be entertaining. <laughs> nice. Um, four is OKC okay. because obviously my MVP choice last year, Russell Westbrook. And I think that I'm really excited to see how they do with spacing. I just don't know as much as I like Carmelo Anthony there. And I think it's going to be good. I think he has a chance to be Olympic mellow. Like I mentioned, the emergency cast. Mm-hmm. Um, there's still a part of me that wonders, is Carmelo Anthony going to be okay with the guy that sits in the corner waits for you to kick the ball to him on a driving dish? I have my doubts. And the last one, Alex, you mentioned De'Aaron Fox is Rookie of the Year. Mm. I have the Kings because I'm excited to see this team's upside. Not just him, but what Harry Giles is able to play this year. Uh, Justin Jackson, who is so unathletic but so basketball smart. Um, I'm really excited to see if Buddy Heald can finally become a a sniper that the Pelicans drafted him to be. I think Willie Cauley-Stein and Scott LaBissier are going to be two really good centers for them. And then, obviously, having Vince Carter, who's one of my all-time favorite players, doesn't hurt you either. All right. Well, a lot of our lists are very similar, and between the two of yours, you guys formed mine. Uh, that's why I laughed, because I thought for a minute Sean had the exact same five I did. Uh, <laughs> like, almost in the order in which they're written down. Because I, too, had the Wolves, because I love Jimmy Butler, Taj, Tibbs. We don't need to go any more further into that. Uh, Lakers, youth, running, that'll be fun. Uh yeah, I, I mean, I'm not going to get into, like, deep explanations <laughs> and, like, fucking pontificating. Corey Brewer. You're right, absolutely. Uh, Sixers, again, same reasons. Uh, I was not a regionist, and I went Cavs, uh, because I, I would like to support our listeners that don't live in the tri-state area. <laughs> right, Fair. you know, I mean, not everybody has Fox Sports Ohio, guys, come on. Uh, and then, rounding it out, uh... R.K. Anthony, I'm coming fucking home, Oklahoma City Thunder. Very nice, very nice. So, those are those are my five. So The Rockets were so close, man, because... But they're going to be on national TV so much this year. Yeah, and I mean, so will the Thunder, but I think, but just, if nothing else, just to watch their home games that aren't on national TV, I think would be worth it. So there you, you have know, it, our preseason awards predictions, as well as the top five teams that you should use your League Pass subscription on. And that rounds out this extended edition, almost two overtimes worth of 48 minutes, <laughs> episode 14. Thank you for listening. Please, you know, if you like what you hear, check out our website. We're, we're working real hard. It's just, a, it's just a handful of us. Subscribe to us. Make sure you never miss an episode. Keep your eyes and ears to the ground for when the speed split off into the three separate shows and once we start working on that. Uh, check out Court Stormers. That's uh, going to be, I think, a really fun project for for Mike and Taylor throughout the season, especially with what the NCAA is, you know, the the, the looming storm cloud that is. Uh, 
Like, subscribe, share, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, write us a review, 48minutesnetwork.com, at 48minutesnetwork on Twitter, network spelled without the vowels. And as always, thank you, Tim. Thank you, Sean. Hail Hayward, and good night.